welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Grace Assembly of God Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. If you would like additional information, visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. You can turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 6 through 14, which is where we're going to be spending our time here this morning um, in the reading of God's Word today. And if you, um, you know, want to take notes, you have some uh, notes that you can look at, or the points are going to be in your bulletin that you received this morning and uh, help you to follow along and take some notes and write some things down, maybe that God speaks to you during today's message and um, this morning we're talking about embracing the gospel and um, really understanding how do you embrace the gospel. Well, you first must deny yourself. Uh, you must, you know, Jesus said it best. He said, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross daily and deny yourself, right? I mean, it's a, it's a tough journey, but it's worth it. And um, this morning, you know, when I think about the time when uh, I, re- you know, received Christ, you know, I received Jesus in my heart as a Lord, Lord and Savior when I was a young child, and then um, we went to a youth camp when I was in middle school, and the speaker at that time, his name was uh, Chad Varga, or Verga, whatever, however you say it, but uh, he was a big man. He was about 6'8". He was, um, he was a former Dallas Maverick basketball player, and uh, he was huge, and I was scared to death of him being a middle schooler also, um, you know, and he was speaking and really just really powerful stuff happening that week, and so one of the things that he, uh, you know, offered an invitation for people uh, or for students to give their life to the Lord and, and also, um, you know, for those who wanted to recommit their life to the Lord. So I did. So I was like, hey, I'm going to recommit my life to the Lord. And, uh, you know, just something that I felt God leading me to do. So I went up front. Hundreds of students went up front. It was uh, really a great moment. And then he's, you know, sharing with us just some things. And, and uh, then he says, you know, you know, I, you, you got to stick with it, right? You got it, regardless of what happens in your life, you're going to stick with that. So I want you guys to repeat after me. And so we're, you know, getting built up. And, uh, you know, he goes, all right, on the count of three, I want you all to shout out, I'm not going to be a phony baloney. And um, I was like, what? <laughs> and uh, so I shouted that thing out, you know, it was like at that moment, it was like this massive war cry because you have hundreds of students shouting it out. And uh, now that I go to the stores and stuff, I never look at baloney ever the same. But, um, I just don't buy it because I'm not going to be a phony baloney, right? And so, um, you know, so to me, you know, hey, it worked because I remember it and it was a pivotal moment in my life. So it worked. Um, and it was really just a cool moment in my life just remembering all that. And uh, it's kind of humorous in a way, but, you know, just really embracing that moment that Jesus came to rescue me and to rescue maybe you when you made that decision and to follow him. It really is a pivotal moment in your life. And, um, you know, Jesus in his word and, and through the teachings of the Apostle Paul, he talks about embracing this call, embracing the gospel that, you know, Jesus came to die for and really to share. And, um, you know, so this morning as we look at this scripture, it really is a challenge for us to embrace this gospel. And in order for you and I to do that, you've got to t- deny yourself. You've got to deny who you are and say, Jesus, I am yours. I am no longer my own. And you live this life according to what the Bible teaches us to do. And so, uh, rather quickly, kind of give me a quick background of 2 Timothy. This is a book, it's one of uh, the last letters we have of Paul. 
um, he will uh, be writing to a young man named Timothy, who he treats to be like his own son. And, um, you know, he, the Apostle Paul will later be executed for his faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, tradition teaches us that it was Emperor Nero of Rome. And so Paul is going to get some final things out to Timothy. Um, he knows that something's about to take place. And so he's getting out his final messages and his, his words of encouragement, his strengthening, and uh, really just the, the heart of Jesus and really what Jesus is all about. So he's sending this out. He writes one to Timothy. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a challenge to us all and um, an encouragement also to know that God knows what he's doing and he knows how to do it. And he, he knows everything that we need to know. And so our goal is to follow Jesus. And, you know, really, you know, some people ask, well, you know, we, we do this, you know, every certain, you know, all these different seasons of connect groups are happening, all these different things. You know, are we going to keep doing those? And, I, and I'm saying yes, because we want 100% participation. And so until we do so, I mean, hey, we're going to keep doing this thing, right? And uh, we just believe that this is the way that God teaches us to do life together and uh, not to do life alone. And so there are three things this morning that Paul will tell us and tell Timothy to embrace. And the first one, um, in, your, in your notes, it says your purpose. You know, I believe God has created everyone on purpose and with a purpose. And we're going to read about Timothy's life. Who was Timothy and what was the, thi- what was the thing that, that Paul really wanted to get across to him. It says this in verse 6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, or the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And just describing to you this morning what uh, Timothy is being taught by Paul, or being reminded of, um, you know, Apostle Paul is reminding Timothy of that moment of where he found a purpose in life. Where, you know, obviously when you come to the Lord um, Jesus Christ, you give your life to Him, and uh, you confess and believe, there's that moment where, wow, you, you have this new sense of purpose. But as you grow in your walk with the Lord, there are giftings that each and every one of us that will have individually that are just natural, right? There's natural abilities that you may have. And God can anoint that and take that much farther than you could. And at the same time, God can anoint you with a gift that you had not already possessed. And God can give that to you and it's all the purpose is for is to promote the gospel, to get the gospel moving forward. And for Timothy, he received a gift that he had not either probably already possessed or maybe he had some of it within him, but he was, you know, shying away from that. The, the, we don't necessarily know what that is, but I believe that the Apostle Paul is reminding him, remember how you received this gift, that there were people who prayed for you. Paul will mention himself as one, but there are also others who were mentioned um, elsewhere about when he received this gift. This gift must have been very important. It could have been boldness. It could have been an increase in faith. It could have been a number of different things um, that we could think of. But it was through people, get this, it was through people that he received the gift. Did you catch that? It wasn't by himself. He didn't receive it just by being him. You know, it was something somebody prayed over him, and a group of people gathered around him, and he received a gift. You know, Pastor Paul, I think of Pastor Prayer Partners. You know what I'm saying? Like where a group of people just get around, pray over each other, and bam, somebody receives an amazing gift, right? I mean, it's just, it's really amazing to see community because spiritual growth 
happens in community. It does not, it's not a do-it-yourself project where you just do whatever you want and hope that it goes well. I mean, it's not a do-it-yourself project. It's built, your growth in the walk with the Lord um, happens in community. And so this morning as we look at that, you have to understand why this gift is so important. Because the gospel is powerful, right? The gospel, there is a message. What is the gospel? For just kind of remind ourselves on just really quickly. In a nutshell, the gospel is there's sin that separates us from God. You and I make decisions and we become participators in sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's not a vic- we're not a victim of sin, we are participating in it, right? And so when we participate in it, there is a separation that happens between us and God. So God, through the Old Testament, you'll read over and over and over a people who were given the law of God, saying this is the righteous law of God, follow it. And they couldn't, over and over and over, generation after generation, they couldn't do it, right? They kept failing over and over and over. And finally, we realized, man, we need a Savior, right? So God says, I got just the thing for you. I got Jesus, my son, who I'm going to send to this earth to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And you're going to experience salvation and forgiveness in his name. And from that, you are now being empowered to go and do the mission that God has called you to do. He has given you purpose. Some people say, well, why doesn't God do everything? Well, it wouldn't be very uh, loving if he just did everything for us and we didn't get to participate and see the goodness of God, right? Wouldn't be really that great. It would be like, well, he's just going to do it all anyway. No, God uses us. He says, hey, I'm going to take you with, with me on this journey so that you can see all the things that I see. And it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be amazing. This is the greatness of the gospel. The gospel is powerful that when you speak the gospel of Jesus Christ, I mean, people can get saved and eternally their life could be changed. How powerful is that? Wow. You mean that if I speak into somebody's life, they, they can follow the Lord Jesus Christ and they are forever changed? That's pretty powerful if you ask me. That's a pretty powerful thing. And listen, the gospel is important because we have to speak the gospel. We have to speak it. Imagine if Jesus, this is what I'm saying, it's not a bad thing to identify yourself as a Christian, but don't let that be the only thing you do. You need to also speak the gospel. You also need to speak the message of Jesus Christ. Imagine if Jesus came to this earth and he walked around and he's thinking, I hope people really know why I'm here. You know, I... Man, I, I, I can't tell them, but, you know, I really hope they see something in me in order for them to, to, to know my, the Father's love for them. Listen, no, Jesus did both. He, he not only he lived the gospel, what did he do? He spoke the gospel. And what got him in trouble? Speaking it. That was the thing that got him in trouble. Read the book of Acts. Identify, they identified as Christians. The Roman government and religious leaders did not have a problem with them identifying to be a Christian. What did they get mad at? They said, do not speak Jesus' name. Do not talk about him. So they didn't care if you identified it with yourself as being. I'm saying when we talk about the gospel, I'm not just saying identify yourself as being a Christian. I'm saying, are you and I speaking it? Are we telling people? And the answer is, well, maybe I shared it last week or maybe I shared it yesterday. Or maybe I haven't really shared it at all. See, the problem is, is not that you don't have any opportunities. The problem could be you're avoiding the opportunity. So many times we, we avoid 
we don't want to be we don't want our schedule to become inconvenient so we just like to live the way we want and we like to live the way we do and do whatever we want and as soon as our schedule gets interrupted and you know we feel like man we we could share the gospel technically we avoid the opportunity and we tell God well I or tell maybe somebody else I just don't have any opportunities no you have opportunities you just keep avoiding them you, I mean Jesus crossed seas to go talk to one individual he did that Jesus would cross, he would go anywhere. He would walk miles just to go and talk to people about Jesus and about his love that that God had for humanity. Jesus did not make excuses. He found a solution, right? It's an important concept we all have to, to make. But in order for you and I to live out this purpose, there has to be spiritual community. Spiritual growth happens there. That's where it happens. It happens when you're with people. Spiritual, your, spiritual growth will not happen in isolation. Let me just challenge you on this area. When it comes to being involved in a community of believers, when you feel like you don't, it doesn't, you go to a small group or whatever, you attend, and you feel like you're not getting anything out of it, the answer is not isolation. The answer is more participation. The, let me say that again. answer is not isolation. Don't do that. That's the wrong move. It's better to be somewhere than nowhere. And sometimes we, and let me challenge you parents on this. When you have a child who says, well, I just don't have any friends there, or I just don't do this, or I'm just not getting along, or it's just not, I'm not getting anything out of it. The answer, parents, is not isolation from the church for your child to sit at home and watch television or do more homework, whatever. Listen, if they have homework, teach them about better time management. Maybe they'll get it done quicker. Or maybe, or maybe, I believe that God is able to do more than we could probably ever ask or imagine. The Bible says that. Scripture says that in Ephesians 3. He's able to do more than we could ever possibly think or imagine. So if a child says, I'm just consumed with homework, say, hey, you're going to still go to church tonight? And guess what? I believe God is able to do more than you could probably ever ask or ever imagine. And I believe God can help you get it done faster tonight. Amen. And you know what? Pray with them before they start it. Guess what? They're going to start ma- stop making that excuse. And they're going to come to the household of faith because, you know what? This is where they grow. This is where they grow. The answer is not isolation. The answer is participation. And if a group didn't work for you, guess what? We got 20 plus groups. So you just keep going till you find the right group. And maybe try the other group that you didn't think you got anything out of. Just go back to it because maybe, you know what? Maybe something will click. And what happens, what happens over time, you know, sometimes what we'll do is we'll keep moving around, hopping around. And, you know, I'm, I'm all about finding the right church for yourself. But listen, if you're doing that and as you've been doing that for several years, something's wrong. Can I just say that? If you're continuously going around from church to church for years, maybe you need to start changing your prayer life and saying, God, I'm going to go to three different churches. God, help me find the right one within these three. You know, or whatever, two or one. I don't care. And you find, because why? Because you are isolating yourself and you've become addicted to the process of looking rather than participating. The church is a participatory event. It is not observed. Hey, I, I, had, I mean, when I went to Springfield, Missouri, when I went to school, there are like 50 Assembly of God churches. I, I had students in my hall for four years, church shopped for four years, and they never, ever got involved into a church. 
I mean, just, just say, God, I'm going to go to three. I'm going to research. I'm going to pick three. And God, help me to follow whatever direction you lead, whatever door is open. Because sometimes what can happen is your preferences are so impossible that no church can meet that standard because you're expecting that church to be absolutely perfect. And the body of Christ is not perfect. It's God working through the imperfection. And we got to understand, and maybe the thing you're missing is the thing God wants you to start. <laughs> Ever think of that? You're like, well, we just need more serving opportunities. No, God laid that on your heart, so guess what? You want to be in charge? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to be in charge, but I'm just saying we need that. Uh, no, God laid it on your heart. If he's speaking to you, maybe there's a purpose there that God has for you. That he's saying, hey, if you take a step of faith, if you serve, and get poured into, man, it'll be amazing to see what God pours out of you. It'll be amazing to see what God pours out to you. But the answer is not isolation. The second thing is this. Suffering. Embrace suffering. Everybody just got really excited. Okay. Great. Let me excite you even more. In verses 8 through 12, it says this. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or me, of me, his prisoner, rather join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. That is why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame, because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. If you read in verse 15, we're not going to look at it, but you can mark it in your Bible, whatever. Read that scripture, and that will break your heart if you're the Apostle Paul. He wrote, everyone in Asia deserted me. Everyone. Everyone is everyone. I know that's deep, but um, everyone is everyone. When it comes to the Apostle Paul living out this gospel, everyone in Asia deserted him. He found out who his friends really were, and he found out who was really in it, and who was really not in it. See, when it comes to suffering, you know, we like to, we like to think this is smooth, uh, easy path when it comes to Christianity. Listen, 12 disciples of Jesus Christ were all killed. One, was, one of the 12, was try, they tried to kill him, and they couldn't. I mean, think about that. In fact, they tried to kill him, and it didn't work, so they got scared, and they sent him off to an island called the Island of Patmos. And guess what he did? He said, fine, you're going to send me an island? I'm going to write the book of Revelation. How about that? You know, so I mean, you got to think, suffering is a part of Christianity. If Jesus suffered, you're going to suffer, right? Why? Not because they identified as being a Christian. It's because they spoke the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were told, do not speak of that name. That was the thing that made, them, made other people angry. So now that you know that, who's ready to sign up, right? Who's, who's ready to, man, if you knew that was your destiny, if you knew that that was the road that was going to lead to death, how many of us would be left in this place? It's a hard question. I'd ask myself, God, would I be here if I knew I would be like the Apostle Peter and I saw the things I saw and I saw before I died, and they were trying to tell me to stop. They told me to turn away from this Jesus. And tradition teaches us Peter had to watch his wife be crucified. Would I still follow? 
In fact, if I, if I didn't convert after that, I would be crucified upside down. Would I still follow if I knew that was my path? It's a hard question you have to ask yourself. You don't really know until you're in it, until you're actually suffering. You don't really know who you are until somebody doesn't invite you to the party because if they know that who you are, if they know that you speak about Jesus, they're afraid of you ruining their fun and they're not going to invite you because of it. Would you still follow Jesus? Would you still follow Jesus if you were not given that job promotion because the boss or whoever's in charge knows that you speak of Jesus and every time you're in the room with them, all of a sudden there's you know, conversation, you know, just normal conversation, and all of a sudden you start bringing up church, you start bringing up Jesus, and they don't want to hear that anymore. So you're not going to get the job promotion. Is that okay with you? Is it okay with you if family and friends decide not to bring you along? Or in fact, is it okay with you if they start talking about you behind their back, behind your back, and they, they make fun of you? Is it okay with you if that happens? Paul says, suffering, join me, because this is where the glory of God is revealed. Remember what Jesus did. When was the glory of God revealed to the Roman soldier? When Jesus was on the cross. You mean to tell me the Roman soldier didn't know it? Until he got on the cross? Yeah. Until he actually was on it. He didn't, reveal, he didn't say it until Jesus was on the cross. And after he put a spear in him. said, truly, this is the Son of God. It was through the suffering. Paul says, also, join in his suffering. I mean, this is amazing. What can you do to a guy who knows no limits? What can you do to a guy... You can't take away anything from him because he still follows Jesus because he knows his soul cannot be touched by humanity. He cannot be touched by humanity. Okay, Apostle Paul, you want to follow Jesus? Guess what? We're going to stone you. Okay, go ahead. Stone me. I'm still going to preach anyway. Apostle Paul, if you don't stop preaching, we're going to cast you out of the sea. Okay, I'll go to the next one. Apostle Paul, if you don't stop, we're going to arrest you and throw you in prison. That's fine. I'll, read the, I'll lead those in jail and I'll lead the soldiers of Jesus while I'm at it. Okay, Apostle Paul, if you don't, if you don't stop talking about Jesus, I, we're going to kill you. Okay, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Go right ahead. I mean, think about it. They had nothing left. They, thought, they, they knew every situation they dealt with. That's the way people would crack. But Paul didn't crack. Think, I mean, I think about Lazarus, you know. Laz, you know, the guy that Jesus raised from the dead uh, four days later. A, a significant miracle, obviously. And, you know... Threatening Lazarus. Lazarus, if you don't follow Jesus, we're going to kill you. Been there, done that. All right? So he's, he's fine. You know, he, he doesn't care. Right? I mean, he's just, like, what can you do to somebody who cares more about their soul than about their physical, physical appearance? What can you do to a per- Nothing. The Roman government, the most powerful nation in the world, had nothing to do. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't stop it. No one could. Why? Because they cared more about the gospel than they did about themselves. They denied themselves and said, Jesus, I'm following you. And Paul says, do not be ashamed. This is not about being shameful at all. I'm not, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. You see, some of us identify being a Christian, but we're ashamed of the gospel. Remember I said, speak it. Some of us will identify ourselves as being a Christian, but you won't dare speak it. I've been there. This is where, Phil was talking about it earlier, this is where it broke me. Because I started thinking about some situations where I said, well, they know I'm a Christian. And I remember a God 
leading a conversation, and I stopped it. And I said, God, forgive me for being ashamed. Why was I ashamed of the gospel? You know what you need to do? You need more spiritual community in your life. You need more people to gather around you and pray over you more than it's ever been before. But you cannot do that in isolation. You cannot have that. There was this past week, I met an individual, a student I hadn't seen in two years. And, you know, God was dealing with me on this issue already. And I saw him, and I was like, wow, I haven't seen him in so long. And I took advantage of an opportunity. And, you know what, God was just speaking to me, and I, I was like, hey, I'll receive it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do more. I'm going to take more on-purpose trips there, not because I care about the product that's being sold, but because of the individual who is there. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming. <laughs> You know, I don't necessarily, I necessarily actually would like to go there continuously. It's a pretty cool place for me anyway. But, um, you know, so for me, I, it's like, hey, I'm going to make more trips on purpose just because I know that individual needs Jesus. I don't know what's going on in that person's life, but I know they need him. That Jesus it needs to be the, uh, in his life. So it's important for us to remember to be sensitive to God's call and to sensitive to, you know, the fact that, we will engage in suffering at some point or another. You, if you speak the gospel, if you truly love Jesus and you love what the gospel is about, you will talk about it. If you're not, there's, an, there's a problem. And if you don't need spiritual community, then let me ask you this. Who did you tell about the gospel this past week? Who did you tell yesterday? Who did you tell today? Well, I, I haven't had any opportunities. Did you have an opportunity or did you avoid it? Did you say yes or no to an opportunity? Did you make an excuse or did you say, you know what, regardless of the inconvenience, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it? See, the, that's where we have to answer the hard question. We have to, and I came to terms with it this past week and I literally wept as I just thought about it. Am I ashamed? There are times where I was. And I had to say, God, I can't believe I withheld it. Because I know what God did for me. I know what Jesus' love is like. I know what he did for my soul. Gary, you, remember, you know what Jesus did for, for my soul and for your soul. Bob, you know what God did for your soul, right? I'm withholding the greatest message of all time from somebody. Think about it. How dare I do such a thing? To change somebody's eternity. Well, they, I don't think they'll receive it. Listen, you can't read their heart. God does. And your responsibility, get this, your responsibility is not to change the individual. Your job is to plant the seed. What does the scripture say? It's him who makes it grow. Right? Pressure's all off of you. All you have to do is plant a seed and watch God make that thing grow. And it may be as simple as God bless you or, hey, you want to come to church with me this week? I'll give you a tip. Very simple approach. If you're struggling figuring out how to do this thing, listen, my heart breaks for you and I know that it can be a struggle sometimes. But there's some very simple approaches. When you go to work or wherever it is you go, somebody asks you how your weekend was, tell them you went to church that weekend. And guess what? Invite them to come with you the next weekend. Because they're going to ask you, and they're going to say, how was your weekend? Well, I went to church. Man, it was great. It was awesome. I, I signed up for a small group. I'm getting plugged into this group. This is what this group is, is doing. Hey, guess what? I'm going next week. You want to come with? And you say, well, what if they say no? Try again the next week. Because, hey, Hey, how are you doing? Oh, man, it was great. I went to church today, and it was, man, I've, I feel strengthened and challenged. Well, guess what? You just brought the gospel into, this, into their life. Yeah, we're going there, in other words. That's what you're telling them. You know, you're not, you're not dropping it. You're not saying, well, at least I told them. No, you know, pursue it. 
and see where that conversation takes you. You know, they may, they may reject you, but just remember, Jesus got rejected. In fact, he got rejected so much they put him on a cross. I don't think that's going to happen to you today, okay? So I think you have nothing to worry about. I mean, it, I mean, it comes to the point of where you have to literally deny your complete self, as Paul is saying. Do not be ashamed of the gospel. Wow. Are you ashamed? Have you been ashamed? Do you need to confess and say, God, forgive me? And let it be a reminder to all of us, this is why we need spiritual community, because people can pray over us, and, and God, through their prayers, God can give you something you did not already possess. It's truly amazing. Paul says it's not because of anything we've done that God has saved us. In other words, God did not save us because you and I are awesome. It's because he's awesome. God didn't save you and me because he looked at us and said, wow, that person, that looks like a cool dude. I'm going to save that individual. No, we weren't awesome. We were trapped in our sins, he said. And he came to rescue us. God's awesome, not us. Let that be a reminder to us. Because the more it becomes about us, the less we will evangelize to the world. That's a fact. Paul knows that. He says, Timothy, if it becomes about you, you won't tell anyone. It'll become about yourself all the time. You'll, you, in fact, you won't evangelize at all. Jesus gave it his all. He did it all for us. He did not come to be served. He came to serve, right? He made it about other people. So the last one is this, and very quickly, because we've got to close. Bracing the gospel. We are to embrace Scripture. In verses 13 through 14, it says this, Why you heard from me, keep as, What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Scripture applies to all of us. And what will happen sometimes is you will be tempted with the gospel to change it in order to make it more appealing in, in your own way. People have done this. The Apostle Paul knows that. He says, remember, Timothy, the gospel I preached to you. Don't change it just so that you can get more followers. Don't change it just so that you get invited to the next party. Don't change it so that you can get that job promotion. Don't change it so that you'll be liked more. But love Jesus. Speak the word. Speak the gospel. Don't change it and let God take care of the rest. Whatever the result is, let it be with the way God has intended it to be. Because God doesn't need us to be awesome, church. He just needs us to be obedient. God doesn't need us to be awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome, right? He doesn't need us to be awesome. The pressure's off of you. You don't have to be awesome. You just have to be obedient. Amen? Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer.